welcome everyone out to our podcast today. On today's episode, we have a very, very special guest who's not been able to join us for a while because of health reasons, Dave Webb. Dave, say hello to everybody. Hello, and I am very glad to be back. <laughs> and we are very, very glad not just to have you back on here uh, to do a podcast. We're just glad to have you back uh, in general around the church. We, we sure have missed you. Uh, these people don't know what in the world they're doing when you're gone, so we're glad to have you back. Um, anything you'd like to say today to the people before we get started? Uh, not really, just, uh, I'm just really happy to do one of these again. I, your, <laughs> your topics are just, uh, I mean, thought provoking and, and everything else. And, and I, I love it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I have, um, I absolutely love doing these and I am so grateful, uh, to Spencer Lawson for pushing me to do this and providing, um, you know, most of the, uh, well, I guess you'd say most of the equipment, uh, that we use to do these podcasts. Um, years ago, Spencer told me, he said, I think this is something that you ought to do. And uh, here's a microphone and the, uh, the device to hook into a laptop and record. And that's sat under my desk for about, I don't know, three years, I think, seriously. If you right. ask Spencer, you can find out. But I think it's about three years. And every now and then someone would mention podcasts and I'd break out that box and didn't do anything with it. And then, um, you know, back several months ago, we started uh, recording some podcasts and I'll be doggone if if it isn't becoming uh, pretty uh, I don't want to say it's easy to do but uh, it's becoming natural is what I'm trying to say it's it's I really enjoy doing them and I, I I hope that the content that we put out is beneficial to people I think it is I hope it is <laughs> yeah I think so too I listened to your last one that you did by yourself yeah so yeah. you proved that you don't necessarily need a scapegoat in case it goes wrong <laughs> but I'm happy to be here for you anyway. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that. Um, on today's uh, podcast, we want to, I, I guess in a sense, we kind of are piggybacking from the last podcast that I did. Um, that last podcast that I did by myself was kind of cool, Dave, how that worked out, because when I sit down to record it, I found myself being, um, and not so much, I get, well, I guess transparent is the word to use, but more than transparent. I was I was disclosing what what I struggle with, what what I deal with, sure. how that that I have these, you know I will, and I'm sure if any other pastor were listening to this podcast right now, they would say a nice hearty amen to what I'm about to say. Um, as a pastor, I personally have to deal with with what um, is definitely an irrational fear. You know, oh my goodness, what if someone gets upset with me? causes trouble and they throw me out on my head you know what do I do next what, where do I go from here uh, pastors unfortunately do have to deal with that because you do have you know you'll have people with attitudes and preconceived notions um, and sometimes when as they say uh, um, back in the old days when the fire gets too hot those who start to melt will yelp um, <laughs> Uh, the best way I ever heard that said, an old man once told me, if you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that barks is the one that got hit. So sometimes you have that, and then other times you just have people who come into uh, church experiences bringing the baggage of their past with them, and that leads them to have expectations about what you as a pastor are going to do based on what other pastors have done or what they've seen before. So you never know as a pastor what's going to happen 
from day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. And trust me, throughout the years, your mind can create some pretty crazy scenarios. Some of them are based on fact, but a lot of fiction's thrown in there. So I wanted to kind of carry that thought on through just a little bit further in our podcast today. And I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read it in the King James Version, and then we're going to break this verse down. It's Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. It says, Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Thereof. Now, I want to give some context here, Dave. I'm sure you know the context of this conversation that Jesus has with his disciples. But for the folks at home, I want to I want to give them the context here. If you look back in verse uh, thirty, I'll, I'll go to 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 thirty one. He says, "Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink?" Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles, or the unbeliever, seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Then he says, take no thought for the morrow. Right. So what is Jesus saying here, Dave? What is he saying here to his disciples and the people that are gathered around that day to listen. I think uh, in the last part there, the uh, where he says the evil is sufficient thereof, you know, the day coming, you don't need to make things up in your own mind and, and add to it. There's mm. going to be enough bad things happen. There's right. bad people in the world, bad right. things are going to happen. Right. You know, you need to trust in the Lord, which I always Doing these podcasts, I look at your desk here, so. Yeah, I have a little placard on my desk that, that says just just that. But it's all a good reminder. I mean, it's the truth. you got to trust in the Lord and uh, don't worry about the things, you know. Evil's out there. It's going to come or, you know, but if you take care of uh, your business uh, for God, for the Lord, yes. and, uh, then he'll take care of everything else that you need. You don't need to worry about it. Well, what... I guess the, the 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 driving thought, the the preeminent theme of the podcast today, would be the idea of the limited the limited vision that we have as human beings in terms of time. Now we have the ability to look back in the past over what has happened. And while it is true that those who do not know history are doomed to repeat it, the one of the issues that we have to be careful of in terms of the past is to not allow our past to predetermine in our minds our future. Right? Yes. Like what we've been through, what we've endured, those things will not last forever. Right. And there are people who um, I want to be very careful how I say this. Um, there, there's a there's a, a theme 
uh, that, that some folks, or a term, I'm, I'm a phrase, that some folks use called generational curses. Now, that can be taken in a bad, or that there's a bad connotation to that, and, and there is truth in that. Um, if, if you think that, that you know, someone is, is cursed and they're doomed to do what their family has done before them, um, and it's because of some voodoo that someone has put on them, I've got issue with that. Right. We all make our own decisions and we all make our own choices. But I do believe that generationally, there are things that get passed down from generation to generation to generation. Like if you've ever known someone that, well, like for instance, I'll tell you this, um, this is a, a, a generational thing that was passed down to me. Uh, both of my grandfathers were some of the funniest, happiest people you'd ever meet. And they were always laughing and cracking jokes. If you spend five seconds with me, I'm going to crack a joke. And if I come in without a smile on my face, people want to know when the bomb dropped. You know, what happened? <laughs> what, what's going on? Now, the other side of that is there are people who their father was an alcoholic or their mother was an alcoholic. Are they going to, you know, are they going to become an alcoholic because of that? I mean, I guess it's, yes, it's definitely possible that the influence of the parent um, and even, um, you know, genetic uh, predispositions can be passed sure. on. But there comes a point when we have to say, I'm not going to allow the past, i.e. what has happened, to determine what will be. Because what has been is not definitively what will be. But think about this. How many times have we, con- I don't even know if this is a word, but I'm going to say it. How many times have we concreted our future before we ever even poured the, the concrete, we've already solidified, oh, this is what's going to happen. I just know it is because right. that's what's always happened. So we can't see what is going to be, but what we can see is what has happened. And we have to be careful to walk by faith and not by sight. Do you see what that means? Yeah, Jesus is very clear with what he says. Don't right. don't look to the future and and you know think that it's set in stone kind of thing. It's God's God's in control of everything. We don't have faith for the past. We already know what's happened. We've already seen the past. Right. That's our sight. We walk by faith, believing that God is able to do things that have not yet transpired in our lives based off of his word and what he says, not by sight based off of the history book of our life and what has happened. Does that make sense? Sure. Now about the future, we have limited vision in that we can't see down the road. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I can't tell you if something good or something bad is going to happen tomorrow. I don't know that I have not been given that knowledge. I don't care if you say, well, I'll tell you what, I, I know what's happening tomorrow. I have made an appointment to go see the eye doctor. Well, what if the eye doctor calls you at 6 a.m. and says we're going to have to cancel? You have no way of knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. Does that make sense? So sure does. We, we don't know what will happen tomorrow, but we know what has happened in the past. And if we're not careful, we will walk by sight. I, what has happened before, well, that's what's going to happen now. That's sight. But faith 
is different. I make the determination of what is going to happen tomorrow based on faith. Now, let's have a real discussion. How many people live their lives praying all day long, God, please don't let my husband have whatever condition it is that they say he has. When he go, I pray when he goes to the doctor tomorrow that everything is gone and fine and everything is good. Lord, don't let my child have any problems tomorrow. Don't let us wreck. Don't let the dog get sick. Don't let the cat run away. Oh, God, I'm here again. I'm praying for six hours today to show you what great faith I have. Oh, God, don't let the bookshelf fall over in the kitchen. Lord, don't let the milk sire. Oh, Lord, don't let the gas hurt our car. Do you, I know I'm, I'm being over the top there. No, or, well, not really. or am I? No. <laughs> or am I? No, I, I see it. I see it every day. People same, are trying. Kind of they're trying to control the future. Trying to determine the future ahead of time, predetermine what is going to happen, and they're saying, "Lord, by faith, I believe that nothing bad's going to happen tomorrow." But what happens when something bad happens tomorrow? One of two things has happened: either God's not good. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. Jesus answers that for us here in this verse. He says, I'm going to read it out of the English Standard Version. It says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now, I don't know about you, man, but I didn't want to hear that. Because you know what I do a lot? Do you know what I have myself, find myself doing a lot? Thinking about tomorrow. Worried? <laughs> thinking about tomorrow and becoming anxious about it. Yeah, thinking ahead. Yes. Looking at something right now in the present and saying, oh my gosh, what is this going to devolve into? Oh my goodness, right. what is going to happen with this this situation or this, this issue? And it's kind of a, I don't know, a borderline, like... <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for here where you have like multiple personalities sometimes is what I feel like because I say that but at the same time how many times have you and others in this church seen things happen in the church and you think oh boy this could be ugly and I'm like dude this is nothing this will blow up it's not a big deal don't worry about it everything will be fine but then something small minute insignificant happens and I'm just oh I'm flipping out well what happens is every day is a new day, right? No, absolutely. Every day is a new day. And sometimes, as the song says, we win some and sometimes we lose some. Sometimes I, I have it all together and then other days I'm just a ragged, you know, <laughs> ragged mess. Yeah. On a personal note, uh, this is the second time I've had this same type of infection. You know, in right. the bones and the blood and that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know that it's gone this time. Mm -hmm. I have no way of knowing, really. But I'm not going to worry about it. You know, for the future, as long as I feel well enough, uh, I'm going to be here uh, doing what I can, you know, for the church. And and if it happens, it happens. And God's taken good care of me all my life, and he'll take care of my family if I'm gone. And I really don't have a thing to worry about, not one single well, thing. If it's okay to, to talk about what, what's going on with you, is that okay to talk yeah, about it on, yeah, on, on the air here? Um, Dave was out for a while. He had um, an infection, and it, and it had gotten into the blood, and, and it subsequently gotten into the bone um in his neck i believe is where it was at yeah, that's where they in in the neck 
And yeah, it was having awful. He's had awful troubles with his back for for many years, and he's had several surgeries and such. Um, but this this most recent bout, uh, the infection in the neck was causing awful pain. Um, we we are still they're still in the process of determining the the pain. Is it yeah, the I've infection? Got more, more things to do, those kind of things. Right. But, uh, on the point that you're making with this subject and everything else, I'm I'm not going to look forward to that. Oh goodness! If this happens, I'm going to be in horrible pain, you know, for you know next week or the week after. Or the, you know, I mean, you don't look ahead and expect pain or yeah. anything like that. If you're a, a Christian, you look ahead and uh, and see what uh, God's going to do in your life. I mean, well, you know, it, it's a case of if 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 the Lord chooses to to if it's His will for this pain to be gone, then it will be. And if it's not, it'll be here. And if it and is if here, there's a his, purpose behind if it's it. It's His will that you expire or what sure yeah. it's going to happen if right. it's not there's nothing in yeah. this world that can harm you yeah and and even if you go through the pain he's with you i mean it's not pleasant but but you do know that hey he's with me even through jesus suffered even, on the cross even, i can well, handle yeah, a little yeah, bit of yeah, exactly pain in the neck yeah thanks dave for <laughs> thanks dave for shaming me on the air because i have i have that you know i have to think about that myself i'm like what am i doing stressing about this when he went through what he went through I want to break down this verse, and I'm going back to the King James as I do it. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. Now, in the English Standard Version, it is a direct translation from the the King James. The, if you go back to the, uh, the the Aramaic, the Greek, and you look at the words, the translations, I'm, I'm saying, from, from the original language, it literally says, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. That's what it says. Do not be anxious about about tomorrow, and we all know what the word anxious means. Right. It's anxiety. It's fear. Sure. It's worry. That, that's what that is. He says, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Now, the King James says, um, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, meaning tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Don't worry about it. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof the word evil translates to trouble now when the english standard version reads it says sufficient for the day is its own trouble right that i mean that's a direct translation so what is being said there is do not and i repeat do not worry about tomorrow because they're, the only trouble I need to be focused on is the trouble I have today. Focus on what is happening right now. Don't look back in the past and make the determination about what is going to happen in the future based off the situation today. Like, Don't add yesterday into today to determine tomorrow. That's right. not how the math works. He says sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof or sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Don't think about troubles that may happen tomorrow. Don't think about the troubles of the past. What about today? Think about today. And Jesus says, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Do we know what the word do not means? I think so. Yeah. I think we do not be anxious about tomorrow. Don't do it. Don't think about tomorrow so so flipping that a little bit there what should we do and what i like to think about a lot is 
what uh, what doors is the Lord going to open? Mm-hmm. You know, who's he going to put in, in my path this time that I need to say mm-hmm. something to, or do mm-hmm. something for, mm-hmm. influence in some way or shape or form? You know, and that's not that's not trouble. That's his work that we're here to do. Look, look for those kind of things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and like you said, avoid the other. Don't think about the worry part of it. Well, the what people will say is, I understand, I understand that principle, but the practice of that principle is what always gets me. What I mean by that is when I'm in the heat of the moment, right, when I'm in the thick of the battle, it's hard for me because the enemy is going to bring up yesterday and tomorrow. Sure. The enemy is not going to tell you to focus on today. Here's what I mean. Daniel was told not to pray toward Jerusalem, to not pray to his God. What did Daniel do? He prayed toward his God. Yes. What had happened to the people who had disobeyed the king uh, king's request and or the king's demands? Thrown in jail, killed. Mm-hmm. So nothing good. What would happen if Daniel did what he was supposed to do? Thrown in jail, thrown killed. In jail. Yeah. And what happened to Daniel? He was thrown in the lion's den. But he right? wasn't killed. What happens to people thrown in the lion's den? They get they, killed. They get killed. Daniel is thrown in the den, and then the next morning, the king comes out to see if he's still alive. So Daniel was in there today, and he would still be in there tomorrow. Well, maybe I can survive today, but what about tomorrow? Daniel wasn't worried about tomorrow. Daniel was only focusing on today. And what did Daniel find in the lion's den? That God worked out his problem for him that God provided him with with the means to be able to get through whatever it is he was going through. David once said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Correct. This is the man that did not build himself a palace with a tower, did not go to war with the men like he should have, stayed behind, lusted after his neighbor, well, after the woman next door, brings her into his house, has an affair with her, gets her pregnant, proceeds to have his uncle take the man, or to, to bring the man into his, you know, back back home. David tries to convince him to go sleep with his wife, Uriah, to go sleep with his wife Bathsheba. Uriah refuses to do that because the other men are out to war. Why should I get to come home and enjoy the pleasures of my wife? So then David gets him drunk, thinking he would get drunk and go home and sleep with Bathsheba. He still would not do that. He found David found him sleeping outside the door of his own home. Uriah was sleeping on the front doorstep of his own house because he would not break covenant. He would not go against his, his own soldiers, you know, do, take advantage of something for himself, even though the king commands it, or gave him permission to do so. So David tells his uncle to take him out to the heat of the battle, and when he's out at the wall, back off, leave him alone, let him, let him be killed. Like, see him out to the, to the front and let him, let him die. David then proceeds to lie about everything that happened, covered the whole mess up, brings Bathsheba in as a wife, and has this son. And this man says, I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. If ever I've given you a reason to believe that no matter what you've done in your past or where you are presently determines whether or not God is going to love you, I just, I mean, I, 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 there it is. Right. There it is. 
You can't be much worse than no. some of those things, no. at least in our opinion. No, no, not at all. And think about the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross, well, there's two of them. There's two criminals, I mean, on the cross. Think about the one that looks at him and, and says, Lord, I believe. And Jesus says to him, surely, today, you will be with me in paradise. Do you realize what this man's about to endure? Not Jesus. I'm, I'm, not, I'm talking the other, the other man, the other, the other criminal. Right. He's going to endure a horrible, horrible day. But Jesus is going to make a way. They, we can go on and on about how God intervened in, in, in Paul's life. Paul didn't worry about what was going to happen tomorrow because he was busy being let down in a basket down the side of a house so that he can escape to get away from the people that want to kill him. Uh, think about the, the life of the other disciples and the things that they, they endured and went through. Over and over again, God has shown how he takes care of us. Now, when I say he takes care of us, that doesn't always mean that he resolves the issue or we won't have bad things happen, right? Yes. To the thief there on the cross, he says, today you will be with me in paradise, right? When will he be with him in paradise? When he dies. Where will he be until his death? Suffering, Suffering on the cross. An, an unbelievable, unbelievable death. But the hope of what God has promised is greater than the pain of what this world can divvy out to us. That's the lesson here. Now, Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. I'm afraid that there are many people in our world today, Christianity, the world of Christianity, who are more concerned with getting out of the trouble that they're in than they are with enduring whatever it is that God would have them to go through. Yes. I believe there's a process in, in, in the process of change. To produce change will oftentimes require discomfort from us. I think of lifting weights. I don't know how many times I have lifted and said, Oh my gosh, my back is killing me. Oh, my arms are so sore. My shoulders are throbbing. But then you see the results and you say, I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. I've never heard a mother say, wish I never had that baby. <laughs> when they hold that right. baby in their arms. What I'm getting at is sometimes the change that has to happen to us is the pain that we endure. Sure it is. And we base our discomfort, I'm sorry, we see that discomfort, that pain, as something negative because of past pains that we've had that were negative. When in actuality, God is actually the one who, I'm sorry, in actuality, it is God that is working in us in those moments to produce a positive change. But because of what we're feeling, we don't like it. We get uh, uh, un uncomfortable. So we push back against it. We don't want to be in that. We don't want to go through it. God, get me out of this. When in reality, it is God that has us in that position for, right. for his purpose. And his purpose is good. Always. Always good. Even the discipline of the Lord is good. It's uncomfortable for a moment, but it serves a purpose in the end. But I think there's a lot of people who are unable to walk for the Lord because they're frozen in fear. Do you like heights? I am scared to death of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I am too. Do you know what happens to me if you put me on a, 
a pitch higher than 612 on a roof. You know what happens? You probably cling to the roof and yeah. hope you don't fall off. Oh, I sit down. Yeah. I sit down and I yeah, can't I move. Do. I do too. I'm, I'm like, if I could just cross six feet, I could get to the ladder. And then you inch your way down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I've been there. Yeah. I'm scared to death of it. Now, when I was a kid, I my grandfather did heat in there. I used to run across rooftops with him like it was nothing. I can remember my grandfather would have to grab my shirt and hold me back when we'd be, we'd be going across a bridge. I'd want to lean over the side, look at the spit in the water. Now, if I go across a bridge with one, I don't care if they're my grown children. If I'm going across a bridge, everybody get in the middle of the sidewalk. Stay in the middle of the sidewalk. I'm terrified of them falling over the edge. You know, it's like a, I guess that's a safety thing, but you know what I mean? It's like, I, I get, I get terrified. And I think Ryan uh, Cram, he works with, with bridges and stuff. And I'm like, I see the, I see some of these guys that are engineers for the bridges, just rappelling underneath and swinging underneath the bridges. And I'm like, now maybe if I had that rope on me, I wouldn't be afraid because I'd have that safety net. Ah, and there it is. Right. What happens when you have no safety net? Here's what I mean. I have no idea what the future holds. Correct. And if I look out into the future and I fear what might come based off of my past experiences, my sight, then I will be debilitated, frozen, unable to move. And I wonder how many people listening to the podcast today can relate to that. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, that would beg the question is then why didn't you prepare for that to happen? You know what I mean? Why didn't you have your safety net, your you know, rope around you or whatever to hold you, you know, before you went into that? Because bad things are gonna happen. Yeah. And I think God has given us the Bible and uh, the church, made up the church and so forth to give us places to come to to be strengthened again and to prepare for whatever bad's coming down the line or whatever good's coming down the line. If we walk by faith and not by sight, then what is it that gives us the security to walk confidently into the future, not allowing the past sight to come into play? Think about it, or think of this verse. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now, uh, there is one reference to that phrase in the New Testament, but I want to give you uh, at least one or two Old Testament examples of this. When you walk through the waters, I will be with you, says the Lord. When you go through the deep waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the fire, you will not be burned. For I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. That's, that's a, now I've, I've transitioned to a quote from Jeremiah. It's what's hanging on my wall over there. Right. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Right. Fear not. Fear not. How many times have we heard that in the Bible? Fear not. Well, Lord, why should I not be afraid of the future? Because I am with you. That's your safety net. Sure. I am with you. He says, I will not let your foot stumble. I won't let you fall. I will uphold you, lift you up with my strong right arm. 
My hand will guide you. I won't let you fall. Think about that. Is that what Jesus is talking about here? Don't worry about tomorrow. Just focus on the things that are going on today. Like, for instance, let's say today something comes up in your life. Instead of freaking out about, well, I know what happened in the past, and I know, oh my goodness, I'm just sure this is what's going to happen tomorrow. What we should do is say, God, here's what's going on in my life right now. What do I do? And like anything, I think you have to practice that. Yeah. You know, when uh, when bad things happen, the first thing you should probably do is pray. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, my God, here got, it is. When you've got any time, once you're through that one or whatever, preparing for the next one, uh, open your Bible. Mm-hmm. See what Jesus says about that. He can give you, the Bible gives you examples mm-hmm. of how he didn't let these people fall and didn't forsake over them. And and over and over and over Over and over, does. all the time. And that's the way that you practice just like you do lifting the weights, you know, you're preparing to do work that will not end up injuring your body because right. you prepared you for prepared. it. Well, it's the same way spiritually and, and with all these things. Don't worry about tomorrow because you have prepared and your faith is in Jesus Christ for everything that's going to happen. You have nothing to worry about. Take the, take the story of David and Goliath. David comes to the battlefield. And the men of Israel, the, the soldiers, what are they doing? Standing around, they're all scared to death. They're frozen in fear. What are they afraid of? Goliath. Why are they afraid of Goliath? Because they've heard and seen what Goliath has done. And standing right in front of them is Goliath. In the flesh, he's right there. They see him. They know what Goliath did yesterday, the day before that, the week before that, the year before that, the decades before that. They know what he's done. And they know what he's capable of doing right there that day. And they say to David, don't you say or do anything, you idiot. You're going to cause us problems down the road Because if we just, what's the word I'm looking for? If we find a way to, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, If we can find a way to, to compromise with Goliath and the Philistine army, then then let let's do that instead of fighting and and knowing that we're going to lose. But didn't didn't David also have some uh, uh, past experiences to draw on? He did. And being a shepherd, you know, like uh, the lions out in the field. That's that's what he says. And those kind of things. He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? God prepared him for those kind of things. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he defies the army of God? When I was out in the field, And the lions and the bears came to attack my dad's sheep. God gave me victory over them. Who is this man to stand in the way of what God wants? Right. What is David saying? David is drawing on the experiences he's had in the past, his faith in what God can do in the future, based off of what he has done in the past, 
And that gives him the ability, the strength, the faith to act in the present. Exactly. So when David looks at Goliath, it is an absolutely impossible situation that David cannot get himself out of. Now, there will be someone that will argue with me and say, well, that's, actually, that's actually not right. That's not exactly factually true. Uh, because, uh, because the slingshot archers were unbelievably skilled in that day. So you think there aren't any other slingshot archers who were just as skilled or more skilled than David in the flesh that had not already tried to take Goliath out? When David picks up the stones from the, from the creek, he takes five. Not because he thought he might miss, but because there were four other giants that needed to be taken out. David picks up the stone, puts one stone in the sling, and says, God, you guide this stone. And he flings it. He knew that was what God told him to do. So he hits Goliath, drops him to the ground, and Goliath is dead. But as a show of, of not, I mean, maybe, maybe to show the other folks that Goliath is, is, is truly dead, David takes his head off. What if, now, don't want to say this the wrong way, but what if we had the ferocity and the tenacity to fight our enemy, Lucifer, the devil, the way that David fought him. What if we what if we said today, I don't care what Goliath has done in the past because I know what God has done in the past. I don't, in my life. I don't care what might happen if I fail. This is what God is telling me to do right now to fix this problem. When David showed up to battle, what does he say? He asks his brothers, "Hey guys, what's going on?" Why is everybody just standing around? Why aren't we fighting? That's what he says. Literally, he says that. What's everybody doing standing around? And his brothers tell him, Oh, David, this Goliath, man, it's over. We don't know what to do. It's over for us. We've got to come up with a way to compromise with our enemy. Mm. That's not what God says to do. And David said, What do you mean you're afraid? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies of God? The army of God. And and his brothers say, shut up, you idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. You're going to cause us a problem here. Think about that. What does your mind say to you when you go to confront the Goliath in your life? Your mind says, you're not strong enough. You <laughs> can't do it. Uh, give up right now. Exactly. Exactly. What if in those moments we said, who is this enemy that dares to stand against what God wants to do? And instead of us saying, oh, well, Lord, I'm just going to, I'm just, whatever happens, happens. I'll just, just, uh, I'm, oh, I don't want to cause a problem. I don't want to, oh, I don't want to bring any heat on myself from the enemy. So I'll just be quiet and sit here and just. Let the enemy destroy my life. Right. How in the world did uh, Israel survive the Six-Day War when all those countries were coming against them with, you know, vast numbers and, you know, military might that uh, Israel just couldn't handle, right? <laughs> well, uh, six days later, I think it uh, they proved different. If we were to look 
at every problem that we face today and think about what God has done for us in the past. He's never failed us. Never, he's never forsaken us. Things might not always go the way I would want them to go or like for them to go, but even when things don't go right, he's still good and he's still faithful. Always. Because down the road, we know that he's going to work all things out for our good. So even in the present, as we fight this enemy, we have to say, who is this? And God's eventually going to work this out for good. He's going to work it out for good. So uh, there's nothing for me to worry about. And it may be that, that there comes a day when I'm able to destroy that enemy. To, to, to destroy, to take the head off of that fear that's been plaguing me. Or, or this, this, I'm not, not I'm, I shouldn't say fear, but you know what I mean. An enemy that's been plaguing me. This, this fear, this doubt, this worry that creeps up. At some point I might be able to, 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 to permanently crush that, take its head off. But the paralyzation. The paralyzation, the inability to move, the frozen in fear, that, that oh my gosh, what am I going to do, you know? And not being able to act and just letting the enemy run over us. It's got to stop. The reason we let that happen is because we base our expectation of the future on the experiences of of the past. That is correct. And I think we live in the flesh too much sometimes when we need to be more spiritual. Even if I failed in the past, that doesn't mean I'll fail today. No. Even if it's gone bad for me in the past, it does not mean it's going to go bad for me today. It doesn't mean that everything's going to go the way I want it to today either. But maybe the problem is not what's happening to us. Maybe the problem is what is happening in us that we are, are not allowing ourselves to walk by faith because we're paralyzed by sight. And most of the time it's because you're not prepared because mm -hmm. you haven't gotten into God's Word and you, know, you don't know what's going to happen. And to kind of wrap this thought up, Dave, do you think there are a lot of people that are anxious today? Fearful oh, about... The whole world. Fearful about what um, is going to happen Based oh, off sure. of what they see today. Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, uh, you name it. I mean, there's crazy things happening yeah. out there in the world everywhere. And there are people that are scared. Scared to death. I, I don't even talk about world events, just internally. Things going on in their life they're fearful of. Oh, what, what are the kids going to do? Is my husband going to stay with me? Am I going to lose my job? What if I lose my job? Oh, my goodness, what if I lose my job? Right. And now I'm going to spend the next six months in a manic depression because of a fear that I have that hasn't even come to pass, but I'm living with the, I'm actually living, dealing with the, 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 what's what I'm looking for? The psychological impact of, of, of it ha having already happened. And I'm unable to deal with the problems of today because of my fear of what may happen tomorrow. Let me, let me make this really like more, um, more relatable. How many children today, and I, 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 don't, I don't mean this in an ugly way, and I'm, I'm trying to think of another word other than neglect, because I don't, I don't mean like neglect, like you don't love your child, you're not taking care of your child, but in, in, a, in a criminal sense. 
But how many children are not receiving the 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 instruction and the teaching and the wisdom from their parents because the parents are consumed with anxiety about things that may happen. What I'm getting at is when you worry about tomorrow based off of what has happened in the past, you're robbing yourself of today. You're not able to do the things that you need to do today because you're worrying about the tomorrow based off of what happened yesterday and you're unable to live in the moment. All right. Now, I'm going to, I don't want to go into that thought because that's a whole podcast in and of itself in the moment. And that, that'll be, that'll be one coming up very soon in the moment. But think about how many things, uh, how many problems get compounded because we're unable to deal with them because there are real issues in our lives because we are worrying about things that have not happened. Right. And the anxiety that we feel about tomorrow is compounded. The anxiety, I mean. The anxiety that we feel because of our fear for tomorrow is compounded by our lack of ability or our lack of accomplishment today. How many people wake up one day and say, I feel like I've lost the last six years of my life? Oh, I can relate to that very easily. Uh, lately, uh, you know, I've, I've been through the hospital thing and so forth, but years ago when I was working uh, at Toyota, you did think about those kind of things. Uh, Toyota, I don't know if you know, but they, they pay well and so forth, but they kind of get you locked into it where you, you're spending all your life there. You know what I mean? A lot of jobs are like that, factory-type oh, jobs sure, sure. kind of things. And uh, it did cross my mind some back in the back in the day that, uh, you know, what I'd, what I'd do if I can't make this money and, and uh, something happens. Well, back trouble happened to me, and guess what? I lost my job. <laughs> right. So did the world end right then? Well, I mean, no, I don't think so. Uh, That's a good point. And where did, what did he do? He turned it out for good. He mm-hmm. brings me here to this church where I'm filled daily and given stuff to do and helping people out and, and, and feel accomplished and, mm-hmm. and uh, all those kind of things. And I really don't miss the work, and I didn't miss the money and everything else. He, he provided. He took care. That's just what he does. So, in other words, even if you have to face those fears at some point, is he not able to give us victory over him? Just trust. Just trust that he will. Like, let, See what happens. Let, let's, let's wrap it up with this. <clears throat> when David is a young, young man, young boy, whatever you want to, however you want to say that, uh, a young, young man, and he's out in the fields with his, his, his daddy's sheep, what do you think he felt the first time he heard the rustling in the woods. Oh, I'm and sure he, that very first time was, he lays eyes, was fear and, and not knowing what it was or lays eyes what was going to happen. All that, yeah. There's that lion. Like, what about, whoa, what if I see a lion? What if I run across a lion? The old men tell him, say, well, now, boy, listen, you run into a lion. Here's what you got to do. Here's what you got to do. Oh, boy. You know, what will I do the first time I run into a lion? 
Well, the first time he ran into a lion, God was with him. Then when he ran into the bear, well, that's a whole different ball game. The bear is a different ball game, you know. They can stand upright, and they're they're you know much bigger, much 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 more. Well, I mean, I don't power. I'm not going to sit here and debate the power of a lion's swipe versus the the swipe of a bear. But bears are big, and they can get upright. They've got some leverage. Well, when he faced the bear, he knew what to do, and he did it. There's not a problem in our lives that God does not give us the wisdom, the tools, the answers as to what to do. And when we don't know what to do, what do we do? We trust that He will be with us, and He will bring us through whatever it is that we're going through. Absolutely correct. But how many times, how many times in our lives have we overcome things that we didn't, if we were being honest, we didn't know if we could. But then when we faced it, because you didn't do it by your own power. No, it's by his strength. You might think you did, but you didn't. Right. <laughs> like, for instance, a lot of people, a lot of people have been frozen in fear over things that have never happened. But watched someone else go through them. And thought to themselves, I don't know if I could do that. Yes, you could. If he's with us, when we are weak, he is strong. He is strong. We're going to close out our podcast today on that note. We hope that it's been a blessing to you. I know that Dave and I very much enjoyed uh, doing this podcast. And again, Dave, I want to say thank you for coming out. I I mean, I really am glad to have you back here with me. Um, You are a huge, huge encouragement and support to me. And I know you don't want to hear it, but I'm going to say it anyway. I really do appreciate you, and I know that uh, all of those that are listening here from the church, they do as well. So here's to many more podcasts together. Amen? Amen. Thank Uh, you very much. (laughs) You're welcome. We'll see you guys.